Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a fantastic show for today with a wonderful guest, founder of EcoSki, Rachel Westbrook joins the show. The snow and ski season is here. In January, many parts of the world have been hit with snow. You might have seen pictures of London or Paris, Madrid, and even Phoenix, Arizona, blanketed from powerful winter storms. And if you're like me, snow is a great thing because it means ski season is here. Last year, one of our guests, Shemi Alcott, a skier from the United Kingdom, recommended I check out EcoSki, which features high-performance and stylish ski and snowboard wear that is selected for its ethical and environmental credentials. EcoSki is on a mission to help change the way people think about their clothing, especially the clothing that is essential to enjoy winter sports. EcoSki is aware that skiing is by no means a green sport, but short of giving it up altogether, there are changes that we can make that lessen our impact without reducing the fun. EcoSki aims to raise awareness of the impact that our choices have on environment. The founder of EcoSki, Rachel Westbrook, joined the show to talk about the mission of EcoSki. And on today's episode, she shares with us the importance of sustainability in ski wear and how we need to look to reduce our consumption of clothing and that we should do our best to eliminate a linear economy of ski clothing with hopes of adapting to more of a circular economy. Rachel was a fantastic guest. I learned so much about sustainability. Thrilled for you guys to meet her and to hear more about EcoSki. So let's go ahead and bring on Rachel Westbrook, founder of EcoSki, and let's learn. Well, EcoSki recently launched in December of 2020. So first of all, what was the motivation for its creation? The motivation behind EcoSki, well, really it was a huge desire after having three children um, to try and give something back. Um, so it was trying to do something that I love, which is skiing. All my family ski. We um, adore the mountains. Um, and we wanted to support um, charities um, in the process. So it's kind of a way of um, doing something we love, but giving back at the same time, but also um, helping raise awareness um, to the skiers um, about climate change and the huge impact that our clothing um, choices have on the environment and ultimately the snow, which um, will over time um, disappear. Uh, so yeah, so that's the real driver. Really, actually, the charity side of things um, was probably bigger than uh, the brand side of things. I think I sorted out my charities before I sorted out the brands. So um, yeah, that was it. That's the driver. I'm curious, you mentioned that you grew up in Yorkshire. So what, what were the ski locations that you visited while you were growing up? Well, should I admit to being pulled around um, on my skis at the back of a tractor? By, by all my means. Parents? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I first experienced the mountains and skied properly in Scotland. We went there every year. Um, it was brilliant fun um, from a four-year-old up until probably being 12, which is a long time ago now. Um, and then, um, yeah, so Scot Scotland and Yorkshire skiing. That was where I fell in love with it. Often when people think of environmental issues, they think of the oceans first. And I have a feeling that skiing is, isn't usually talked about with the same level of importance. So what are the key climate and sustainability issues that affect skiing and why does it matter? I know that you did mention that eventually if we continue the destructive path, snow won't be there. So what are some of the environmental issues or sustainability issues that affect skiing? Exactly. Well, firstly, um, 
snow and ice um, cover approximately 17 to 18 million square miles. Um, and one of our advisory panel experts, Martin Hartley, I don't know whether you've come across him or heard of him, but he's a polar photographer who's been to the Arctic. He's done lots of expeditions. He describes the ice. He described it to me as being our thermostat because it's reflecting the whiteness, obviously re reflects the sunlight and the heat. It reflects up to 80 to 90% back out to the atmosphere. And once the snow and the ice is gone, uh, yeah, it's um, disastrous. Um, and the um, glaciers, they are a constant water supply um, to billions of people worldwide. Um, once the glaciers, they're melting at a ridiculous rate. It's quite scary. Um, and if they melt too fast, they'll result in landslides, um, obviously water, the level of the sea will rise. Um, in, even in the Alps, which um, obviously is closer to home to us and closer to the skiers, um, they're losing the, the rate at which their glaciers are melting is crazy. One of the resorts um, that actually Shemi and I talked about, she skied the Valle Blanche um, in Chamonix a few years back. And I think 30 years ago, when you skied to the bottom of the glacier, you would go up three steps onto the lift and then back up to do the run again. And that was 30 years ago. And now there's more than 400 steps up. And that's how fast the glaciers are melting. And the permafrost within the glaciers that are holding all the rocks together it's a bit like glue and when all that permafrost is melting it's resulting in rock falls landslides um yeah it's it's pretty scary scary and so ice and snow is incredibly important for keeping the temperature of our planet cooler um, but also when these this permafrost melts it releases um, carbon dioxide into the air um, so yeah it's pretty scary um, especially when you think about the clothing that we're wearing when we're skiing is predominantly made of um, polyester, which um, is derived from the bottom of an oil well, um, relies on fossil fuels to make. So we're polluting and raising the temperature of our planet in producing the clothes that we wear whilst trying to protect what we're skiing on. It's something that I don't think people fully appreciate. I certainly didn't. Yeah, it's, it's quite scary, but we, it's, I, I don't know whether you've ever heard of the Paris Agreement. So the Paris Agreement 2015, um, obviously, is all about trying to keep global warming um, down. Um, and I think they're saying that um, fossil fuels, we just need to wipe out fossil fuels and we need to stop making so much plastic. With the snow and the weather, um, with climate change, um, there's quite a few skeptics out there that say, oh, you know, we've, um, at the moment in the Alps, um, there's, I think they've had the most snow they've ever had in 20 years. Um, but in our climate changing and um, the atmosphere getting a lot warmer, um, it holds more moisture in the air. So we're going to get... Um, that moisture, obviously, depending on where you are altitude-wise, um, it'll just be either rain or snow. So we will have these extreme weather. We will end up having extreme weather, and it's quite unpredictable. Um, so it'll either come down as a lot of snow or a lot of rain. Um, too much snow at once obviously results in avalanches. Too much rain obviously results in floods. So um, that's another <laughs> quite key point. But 
yeah, sorry, I don't want to be depressing. <laughs> There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world at the moment. And um, yeah, it's climate change is, is, is scary. Wow. So much there is incredibly informative. You taught me a lot right there. What are some of the resources that EcoSki does provide? EcoSki, the, the aim is to try and close this circular loop of clothing. Um, as we mentioned before, the clothing that we need to wear when we're skiing obviously has to be technical wear. It needs to be waterproof, hard wearing um, and breathable. And um, sadly, polyester is the most durable material. So a lot of our clothing is made out of polyester. The problem with that is end of life. It doesn't biodegrade and it's um, around for forever. So it costs the environment a lot to produce and then it's polluting the environment at end of life. So with EcoSki, what we're trying to do is keep that plastic in circulation. So not only will we um, be selling new product um, and the new product being as sustainable as possible, it's still made of polyester, but it, most of it is recycled polyester or the chemicals that are used in it are less toxic. Um, they're not as environmentally unfriendly, um, but giving customers this avenue to give their ski wear back to us. So we take on the responsibility of giving it a second lease of life um, because it's so hard wearing, it should be on the slopes and not in landfill. So yeah, so the second hand arm is a big, big part of EcoSki. Um, we also will do a repair service because quite often people have falls or have a too, few too many whiskies and fall off a table when they're dancing, rip their suit. So it's all about um, supporting the brands that are limiting their impact on the con on the socially and environmentally, um, promoting what they're doing and um, allowing people to give their clothing back to us. We'll repair it. We will sell it for them secondhand. So it's more cost effective for them and it's less damaging on the environment. So if that if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes tremendous sense. And it's, in, it's an incredible resource. And I love your philosophy of keeping it in circulation, giving it, like you said, a second lease on being used. I think that's fascinating. And one of the things I was reading about when, in regards to clothing was I was, I was shocked at this. And I read this on your website was I was shocked that wool is not being used as often. So, and now we have a surplus. So what's the story behind the surplus of wool and how that negatively affects our environment? Because this, this was incredibly surprising for me. Well, the wool um, is a natural resource. We should be using more of it. Um, but again, um, cheap man-made fibers are more hard-wearing and cheaper to make. And so people are resorting to um, the man-made fibers when they should be really going with um, the more natural fibers like wool. We stock um, a lot of merino base layers um we would always choose merino base layers over polyester um unless the polyesters are 100 percent recycled that's our cutoff um but the merino wool um we're sourcing from new zealand and as a farmer's daughter from yorkshire as you know i feel that we should be doing more to support our british wool um i've been in contact with quite a few british wool suppliers um, and there's a lot of lobbying going on at the moment because most of the wool is just not worth them shearing the sheep. I think, you know, 
they pay one pound um, per sheep to shear the fleece and um, it gets bought for 75 pence. It's just not economical to sell their fleece. Um, I'm actually sitting on a Harris tweed sofa. So yeah, I'm all for supporting wool and trying to do more, but the merino wool is incredibly fine and it's very soft against your skin. And um, I think our hair, just to give you an, an idea, I think our hair is 60 to 180, I think it's measured in microns, I think, or um, and merino wool is 11. Um, and British wool is, gosh, I can't remember the exact figures, I wrote them down, but I think they're about 25 um, to 30 or something like that. So it's a little bit coarser. So it's very difficult to wear some of the British wool, the traditional British wool close to your skin. Um, but it's should be used more. So yeah, we want to try and work with some of the suppliers we've got. We're in touch with a couple of the retailers, British wool retailers, and yeah, we want to support them and do what we can to keep it keep it in circulation and make it more attractive. Now, I'm sure the research going into EcoSea taught you a lot of things that you hadn't imagined. At the same time, I'm sure you were shocked to learn about certain facets about the clothing world that have negatively impacted the planet. So along the journey, what were some of the things that you were surprised to learn about and how did creating EcoSki change your own personal views or augment your own personal views of sustainability? Well, I don't know where to start. I could talk all day <laughs> I figured, on this. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I was quite shocked. I think um, where we start is uh, the clothing industry on a, as a whole produces um, 1.2 billion tonnes of carbon annually um, into the atmosphere, which is set to increase. Um, since 1970, the carbon emissions have increased by 90%. Um, and of this, fossil fuels contribute 78%. Um, and the plastic-based fibres that are produced for textile use, they use 342 million barrels of oil each year. And so it's um, getting your head around this whole kind of global warming and um, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And I just feel like the clothing industry producing this amount of carbon dioxide is unnecessary. There's so many clothes already in circulation. I think the stats were, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think the equivalent of 140 million pounds worth of clothing goes to landfill every year. And why are we doing, why are we throwing clothes? Why are we buying such cheap clothes that are costing the earth a fortune? and throwing them in landfill. And I just think that it's really unnecessary. I was really shocked by that. Um, I've got loads of other things like the PFCs. I don't know the stuff that we um, apply to our ski jackets, for example, to make it waterproof. Um, these PFCs, there's traces of them have been found in freshwater lakes in the Alps and even in the blood of polar bears and they're toxic, they're linked to cancer, um, liver damage. Um, they're slowly getting phased out. I think there was a long chain PFC, which was C8s, and now there's C6s, which are less damaging, but they're still um, not a great thing, especially when they get leaked out of, depending on where the materials are being produced, if the um, factory that they're getting made in is not, they're not very I don't know they're not great with their waste control and they're leaking them into fresh 
like into waterways and the pollution in the water is horrific and there's all these figures that just they're mind-boggling and washing our plastic clothing like our polyester ski jackets and releasing these microplastics into the oceans and reading the stats that there's 500 times more plastic microplastic in the ocean than there are stars in the sky i mean that's just quite crazy um I'm, i could go on for forever in fact i've got a list here i could read them all out to you but you might um i think yeah just about the amount of that yeah less than one percent of the polyester that made for clothing is and ends up being repurposed which is crazy so if we buy a cheap polyester top from a fast fashion outlet um wear it once um then it goes to landfill and we should be repurposing this polyester and that's one of the things that we're trying to do with EcoSki is to keep this in circulation and keep recycling it getting um pre-loved fashionable but also at the end of its life once it's no longer wearable on the slopes it needs to be repurposed and made into something else not just thrown in the landfill and that's something that we haven't quite sorted um, but it's something that we're working towards one thing i love about your website is there's a glossary of terms i thought was incredibly helpful to someone who's a novice in sustainability and ecological morality and it really helped it was really helpful especially circular keeping things in circulation can you talk a little bit more i know you have talked about why it's important about circulation keeping clothes in circulation why it's important so can you chat a little more about that because i think it's fascinating yes i think the i think there's a saying take make dispose and that's the linear system that we're working on at the moment um and the circular is um when we've just said about trying to keep that it's not just about the item of clothing that we're keeping in circulation by doing secondhand sales it's that actual material and resource and fabric that we have taken from the planet um, we can't just keep taking and not giving back and i think this is the key for sustainability which i've learned i'm still learning i mean i'm definitely no expert but um sustainability to me a while back was just you know something that's built to last um which is plastic i guess um but it's that balance between social, environmental and economics, and we need to be replenishing what we take. Um, we felt when I was writing, and it's still so hard to summarize what we do, and trying to explain to people, even now I'll come off this to you and I'll say, oh, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, because there's so much, you can go into so much detail. I think, um, and the glossary of terms, it was just things that kept coming up, and even things like material and people say, oh, great, cotton, natural fiber, let's use that. And it's kind of, well, there's cotton, there's organic cotton, um, but also things like bamboo and um, modern earth does rayon. What's the, well, there's loads of different types of material and there's a lot of different governing bodies um, like responsibly sourced wool, responsibly sourced down um the ipcc the sustainability goals corporation b companies there's just so much um and we just felt that instead of re-going over in store we can't keep writing this stuff so it's good to have a little glossary to help explain to people well our understanding of it it's constantly be growing and i'm sure some people might um, read some of them and not agree but i think this is the thing we just we're all learning together um, and it's our understanding, really, of, of the t key terms. 
if at any point tomorrow you wake up and you're like, gosh, I wish I would have said that yesterday, we'll definitely have you back because I'd love to chat with you again because this is just incredibly fascinating. And I really love how you emphasize the word take, how we continue to take from the environment. Everything we produce, we're technically taking from the environment. I think that's a great way to frame that. And again, that the linear compared to the circular was, was really eye-opening to me. You mentioned a little bit about how initially thought sustainability meant to last forever. Now you've, you've changed your own paradigm on that. So how else has EcoSki and the creating of it, how does that impact your life? Are there other areas where you've changed your behavior? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, so much. Um, I mean, even thinking about how, um, I don't know, you probably didn't see, but um, on social media, we did a post the other day about one of our brands, um, Woolpower, who um, are, they put people first in their production. They're using merino wool, but um, it's really made me think, them as a brand really made me think about who makes our clothes and, um, you know, really hard hitting understanding that there's kind of modern day slavery does exist. Um, I think there's 25 million victims of forced labor in the world. And um, I kind of think, oh my goodness, you know, how does modern day slavery, and I used to think of slaves back in the olden days. And um, so I'm very, very, I was very inquisitive and asked questions um, a lot about, and I think we should all ask questions and find out where all of our stuff comes from, not just our clothes, but anything that we buy. Um, also, I've made a pact not to buy bottled water. I mean, the stats around um, plastic, I think, gosh, is it 35 million bottles or something we consume every year and 16 million of those end up in landfill. It's, you know, we have a bottle of water and drink it, throw it in the bin. It's just horrific. Um, there's actually a brand that we have on EcoSki called Black and Blum, and they um, have um, activated carbon that you can pop in your water and it um, purifies your water. It's an old Japanese method. Um, so I, I, I refuse to buy bottled water now. It's all that. Um, plastic toys as well. I mean, I've got three kids, grew up buying plastic. It's absolutely horrific. Um, so I just won't throw anything out. I'm just passing everything down. There's another really incredible company called Young Planet and they're taking um, your secondhand kids plastic toys and giving them to other people they're basically a second they're, they're a distributor I guess it's free to give to them and it's free to take from them which is brilliant and things as a store um, a local store to us called the refill revolution so you can pop down and take your refillable pots and buy food as per the quantity that you want um, little things like that um, I mean it's just never-ending and e even things like at school like the uniform that the kids wear the amount of clothing that we get through I'm all for you know handing down secondhand stuff um, taking secondhand stuff from other people just trying to limit overall um, what we do traveling um, you know just being being more conscious about our choices I think it, it's gosh, it's I'm learning so much. I can only imagine just the, the things that you've learned along the way. Another thing I wanted to chat about was 1% for the planet. So what is the 1% for the planet membership? Okay, so um, as I said before, setting up EcoSki was really the desire to try and give something back. Um, I'm not very good at asking people for stuff. So raising money, um, you know, run the marathon I'd feel guilty asking someone to pay me effectively to give to charity and I just thought I just the only way I can raise money for charity is by somebody 
taking something that they want um and this one percent for the planet i just love the their ethos is you know we all no matter whether we're consciously trying to limit our impact we will always want to buy something or need to buy something and um, once we're buying something to be able to give one percent back to the planet and they invest it in grassroots charities around the world focusing on anything you can choose um what you want to put your one percent towards um i actually proposed um two of the charities um one was ghost fishing uk and they're hauling fishing nets out of um our oceans they I think since fishing nets, they used to be the old fashioned nets have now been replaced with plastic ones. And quite often they fall off the back of the boat. Um, and not only are they killing wildlife, they're polluting our oceans. So they're hauling those nets out of the sea. Um, and then they're getting um, made into sunglasses. One of our brands, um, Waterhaul, their sunglasses are made out of these recycled fishing nets. Um, and then another charity that was supporting is a local charity around here called Root and Branch Out. And they're taking surplus food um, and giving it to families in need. Um, and actually, recently, we have um, helped them with a community fridge. So where EcoSki's head office is, um, there that is now a community fridge. So we're working from home and we're providing a, a place for people to go and get food, basically. So they're saving the planet because food again is a massive carbon you throw food out and it releases loads of gases which is again polluting raising the um contributing to global warming um but the one percent of the planet we're we're giving more than one percent we don't want to just do one percent because we're ticking a box we're um we've already actually doubled our one percent contribution in a month um we launched in december and by the end of december we'd already doubled um our contribution which is incredible um and we're really excited about it I'd much rather be doing that than you know running the marathon and asking someone to pay me to do it so which is great and then protect our winters is another one of our charities um they're probably our closest aligned charity they're the ones that are really pushing to save our snow um uh, they're real activists um all over the world um they're incredible it's exciting but yeah just keep going and just trying to um raise awareness raise some funds and um try and stop our planet from getting too hot and keep skiing keep skiing i respect and admire so much for you doing and i love watching your face light up talking about it because you're incredibly passionate about it and it's just it's really neat and i'm learning a lot and i can see that you've learned a lot during it too but i'm curious because you chose a very unique time to start this endeavor so what were some of the challenges that came with starting a charitable business during a pandemic so what were some of the challenges that you faced along the way because i know there were many Yes, well, probably the biggest challenge was um, homeschooling. <laughs> That's been very tricky. So, uh, yeah, kind of, um, yeah, it's tough because you feel like you're not um, doing any of your jobs um, properly. And um, I'm quite a perfectionist. I need to understand things. I can't just say, right, I'm going to set up this business and that's what we're doing. Um, I, I need to understand it. And as you know, kind of, I feel like I close one door and I open a much bigger door um, and it's trying to get my head around and understanding everything that's going on whilst also trying to feed and educate three kids at home. 
Um, so no, it's been really tough building a website, um, talking to the guys that were building the site for me, everything over Zoom, which is obviously really tricky. Um, I'm still not happy about the website. I feel like it's not getting the passion across properly. Um, I found talking to the brands, um, they've been so supportive. They love the idea. They've been absolutely brilliant, but um, I wanted to go and meet them and see the product and go to factories and but I guess the silver lining is um, he's got a pretty low carbon footprint because everything's happened uh, from my city moon. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're, we're, we're getting there. I think also with the brands kind of not knowing whether there's going to be a ski season or not and trying to second guess and predict what's going to happen. Obviously this ski season's um, not happening. Um, but I was worrying about obviously getting stock in. Um, I didn't want to take on too much stock because we didn't want to waste stock. We don't want to hold big sales because that's just fueling what we're trying to avoid. So I think we, we've done okay with buying in our stock. Um, there's a lot that's rolling over to next season, which is really respectful of the brands because they appreciate that, um, you know, they can't, there's a lot of stock now floating around, which they, you know, they're trying to all be green as a, the brands that we have on board are really passionate as well about um, reducing their impact, not only on the environment, but socially as well, which is a massive um, part of the, the whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was a challenge, but I think uh, a rewarding one. And I'm pleased I did it. It can only get better. It will only get better. You mentioned that you like to know everything that's going on. You want to know the entire process. If you're going to do something, you want to know all, all the ins and outs. So on those days, you didn't have the answer. And those days of doubts and uncertainty that loomed over you constantly. What'd you do on those days? Um, well, yes, uh, <laughs> um, a lot of asking questions. I, I think, which is why um, we've got uh, our advisory panel. Um, so, lots of questions to someone like Martin Hartley about climate, uh, climate change, um, understanding um, the intricacies. Um, also, we've got uh, a sustainability. Um, she's worked in sustainability for 20 years. Um, she's worked for big corporate companies and I'd speak to her a lot. And then um, another Rachel who has worked in fashion. She knows um, a lot more than I do about the fashion world and, and the ins and outs. But yes, it's um, it's all transparency I think is key and trying to trace everything back and understand this and yeah you do feel sometimes you know it's you it's impossible but the brands that we're working with actually are really really great you can just do do your best I think that's all you can do and just ask as many questions the brands um four of our brands are dealt with by an agent um and that poor agent uh, during lockdown, I mean, pretty much every day I'd be on the phone, Robbie. So when you say this, what does this mean? And what does that? And I just on nearly every day, he just said, I, I said, I'm so sorry. He said, it's lovely that, you know, we've never had someone ask these questions and it's fabulous. And, and um, even the glove guys, you know, kind of asking them exactly which material was used and was this responsibly sourced and where did they get the down from and the, which factory. And they're, they're, I've had them all running around in circles, I think, but they've been fabulous and you can only do your best. And I think just just keep digging and keep opening more doors and trying to close them as you go through them, maybe. But um, there's always that bit of doubt. 
but I think you have to just, you know, we have to start somewhere and you can't give up on your dream. Um, you've just got to keep finding more. And, and each day that goes by, I understand more and understand how it works. And yeah, it's rewarding. I think, like you said, that doubt's always going to be there. And I think it's just so important because doubt leads to questions. And you've mentioned that the importance is, is the questions to ask. And it's that uncertainty that you have. If you, if you wake up and there's no doubt and you have no questions to ask, you're not going to progress. Where are the, the head offices for Ecoski? In Oakham, so in Rutland. Okay. Yeah. What are you know, future projects, plans, goals for, for both Ecoski and you for 2021? Well, 2021, hey, it would be nice to be able to leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, it would be great. Um, um, goals for EcoSki, just to keep, um, I'd be so chuffed um, if we helped just a tiny percentage, just helping raise awareness. Um, it is, the people that I've spoken to, they said it's um, strangely addictive and it's a little bit like we call excuse the pun but like a snowball effect um and just people being more conscious and thinking and asking questions and um that to me to, that's my goal and encouraging the brands to keep going because i feel I, not nothing wrong with agents um other retailers over here they're there's amazing retailers and they're all um doing their bit but um i feel like having us focusing solely on pushing these sustainable um, principles, hopefully we will be encouraging them to keep going. And I think sometimes when they're not rewarded for their hard work, because quite often doing things sustainably um, might cost them a little bit more, you know, having to change their ways and change factories because like tr ticking all these new laws that are coming in and, um, governing bodies and it's going to be tough for them but they need to be pushed and encouraged and if they feel that they're doing it's like a child like us all we like encouragement don't we you keep going so that would be um yeah that's going to be amazing we would love personally to be i don't know whether you've ever heard of court b companies corporation b two of our brands picture and patagonia are a court b company um it just means that they're basically using business as a force for good and um, just being responsible, um, retailing, um, that would be a goal. We'd love to work with um, the travel industry. We'd love to work with hotels and resorts um, to try and offer this package and be able to advise people um, what they can do, how they travel to the mountains, um, where to stay, supporting those, um, you know, the, even the restaurants out there that it's, you know, local food, um, no bottled water. It's these small little changes that add up quite significantly. And to be able to encompass and group them all together would be really great. Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was really, really nice to meet you. Thank, thank you so much, Rachel. I know we'll chat oh. again, but thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Right. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Rachel and everybody at EcoSki. Be sure to give them a follow on Instagram, eco.ski, or check out their website, ecoski.co.uk. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life everyone has a story each person a scholar thank you for listening fill up that passport i'll see you on the road
Aviento. 